Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week is uh, Secretary of State Elaine Marshall. And we have already recognized the fact that she has been in that office since 1996. And uh, uh, we've talked about her background and her interests. What, what got you interested in being in public service, Elaine? I guess I'd say 4-H, it goes back to that, a quality youth program where I learned parliamentary procedure, how to preside at a meeting, uh, how to um, conduct yourself in public, and also the service aspect of um, seeing a, identifying a problem and then finding a solution to that problem and working your way through it. So I would say 4-H, uh, certainly. And my parents were excellent examples of public service. My dad's a farmer. My mother was a farmer's wife, which is really an occupation where I came from. <laughs> but she taught music. But uh, dad was the fire company treasurer. And we had fundraising activities, which he was involved in. He was a member of the church board. My mother was the church organist. My mother did, um, for the fire company, we had public suppers. And I was already always volunteered to wait on tables, which was a lot of fun. Um, but the community came together and they cooked a big meal and, you know, baked a bunch of pies and cakes for desserts. And my mother was the gravy lady. So she was always in the community, a reliable person when there was a family in need or a community activity. Um, they were never exactly the big leaders, but they always were the people supporting the big leaders and making the project happen. So I had good examples at home. Hometown heroes. There's so many of them and they do such good work. And many, many, many times it goes under the radar, but uh, their work is just as important. Well, we said we were going to talk about investment scams and business identity theft. I know that you work uh, with the uh, FBI. You also work, I'm sure, with the SBI and others in identifying the latest scams. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of business identity theft in general. So let's talk about it and, and tell us, first of all, what are the latest investment scams that are going around? Well, cryptocurrency, as we all know, has fallen, at least one major uh, company has fallen to pieces. It was uh, uh, a very fast drop on their face. There have been lawsuits against some of these very high profile sports people and other personalities who have promoted this. Uh, cryptocurrency is not backed by anything uh, like a government. There's no guarantees on any of your deposits in there. And I'm sorry to say there are an awful lot of people who have been uh, scammed out of their money that uh, I don't know that they're ever going to get repaid or any. That's the problem with securities cases. Uh, we can put the bad guys in jail. We can put them out of business. But frequently they live pretty high in order to look like they're reputable and prosperous in the community. And so that's their Ponzi schemes. They get new investors in to pay out the old investors and they spend whatever else on looking reputable. So it's a it's a sad state of affairs. Uh, I spend a lot of time talking with seniors because they are the targets. Um, seniors have uh, money coming in, whether it's a pension plan, social security, what have you. And some people think, well, I don't have much. Um, I'm not going to be a target. Let me tell you, that is a wrong way of thinking, because if you have something steady coming in, somebody's going to try to get into it. The other problem or the other situation with elderly folks is they get lonely. 
And uh, these people, they maybe meet them in church because some of these groups like to work through churches, which is, again, doubly terrible. But, you know, they'll they'll call up these folks and start just chit chatting them up about their kids and how their health's doing and how their kitty cat's doing. And they make friends with them. And then later the conversation goes into a financial aspect. And uh, then these people will have something that they've got to do like right now where it's a limited amount. It's one and only for you, all these kinds of things to make people think there's some urgency in it. So we are seeing crooks out there in the securities area, right and left. But right now, the the money exchange, like foreign exchange traded funds and crypto is pretty much the hot button topic. But when you boil it down, they're they're just take money in and, and keep it and waste it and don't pay any out. Well, I've got to tell you, I have never understood cryptocurrency. I just haven't understood the concept of it at all. It never made any sense to me. Uh, as you said, it's not backed by anything. And, and that uh, uh, that's always something that uh, should raise a lot of flags right off the beginning. But I guess I it tell, didn't in many cases. I tell people exactly what you've just said. If you don't have a clear understanding about how this is going to make money and it makes sense to you, that it could be a success because there are none of these that are guarantees. If anybody says it's a guarantee, they're lying to you. If they say it's a guarantee, then your amount that you got in is going to go down. Um, you know, folks, please don't be bamboozled. Um, these um, these people have got answers for everything. You know, if it comes up, they need just your ten thousand dollars to finish this multi-million dollar project. Come on. If they say that this is a big secret, you know, we found out about this investment and not many other people, and I'm going to let you in on it because you're a friend. That's all the kind of hogwash, if you will, that they uh, work on people. Uh, there are no investments that are secrets out there. Um, so please don't be taken astray and keep your money in your checking account or somewhere else. And interest rates are going up for investments. Um right now so well it's, it's you know the interesting thing about these people who come up with these schemes and some of them are truly absolute schemes and i think some of them are just ideas that might have worked but uh turned out to be scams there's a little case i guess for both but uh it's interesting how smart these people are i mean right. if they go into a legitimate business they can probably make an awful lot of money one of our big worries are people that have been legitimate stockbrokers and then they go rogue, uh, whether it's something in their marital life or their personal life or gambling or what have you that cause them to need money. Their brokerage house will not let them sell any each and everything that comes down the pike. They have certain types of investments that they've vetted that are reasonable. But there are these people when they go rogue. They, they come up on investments that are not approved by their company. And the reason they're not approved is because they're highly, highly risky. So, but they still try to sell them and they get high commissions off of them. And so, um, again, everybody needs to slow down and take, take a deep breath and think, how is this going to make money? Do I understand? And does it make sense to me? And they need to call us to find out if the person that's selling these are registered and if the product is registered. Uh, the answer to both of those has got to be yes, because otherwise, then you're fixing to walk down a very dangerous pathway. 
So, and you may have already done some of this, but uh, give us some examples of what uh, Jason has listed as business identity theft items. Well, that's where people come and form corporations. Um, it, it would be possible, your capital broadcasting, Inc., I'm assuming, it would be possible to form capital broadcasting of Burgall, Inc., uh, capital broadcasting of, you know, Saxapa Hall. Uh, they would be trying well, actually, to actually, actually, you got Jim Goodman's outfit, <laughs> Capital Broadcasting oh. WRL. Oh, excuse but, me, but, uh, my big, you want to start over again? My big, terrible mistake. What? <laughs> Tell me okay. what PTS corporate name is. Curtis Media Group. So, Jim, I, I, I mean, Don, I'm so, 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 so embarrassed and sorry. <laughs> No, you know, Jim and I are good friends and a very good. He's a very good competitor and a very good friend. And we laugh often because a lot of people get our companies mixed up and the stations that we operate. So it's kind of interesting. We well, go right I, ahead. Absolutely no better. But people will come <laughs> in and my deep apologies. People will no, come no, in and do something that is similar to something that's reputable and they already know. Uh, we had a case where... <laughs> Uh, a law enforcement officer and a woman got together and they were uh, they dummied up stationary for the Motorola Charity Foundation. They had nothing to do with the Motorola Corporation. They made a corporation here, Motorola of Wendell or something like that. So they did have a corporation, but they went out and said their charity arm was doing all this work and they needed telephones from Verizon and different companies. And they because they had this stationary and because they had a dummy letter on it they got 10 10 telephones from this company 10 telephones from that company to use in their fundraising um activities and those telephones went to china or were sold on the black market i'm not sure where they went but both of those individuals are having plenty of time to contemplate the uh, uh the ways of their past as they both are in jail for defrauding these companies out of equipment and money and, and what have you. Well, it, uh, you know, the old joke is uh, in business is anyone from out of town carrying a briefcase that has a business card is an expert. Right. Right. Not so, but anyway. <laughs> a, uh, because, you know, uh, people tend to think that anything is in print is legitimate. And so if they do have a letterhead and printed materials, People tend to think that the uh, whatever the venture is is legitimate, and that's uh, something to always check. So your organization has a list of all these various and so, sort of uh, companies that are registered with you, and so the best thing to do is, if you've got any doubt, is check with your website. That would be correct, but these people actually uh, created these ones and we had to pull them down when we found out what they were up to. The way I got on one of them was there was a Hendrix uh, Motors of, I don't know, Tarboro or something like that. And the money that they paid to file their corporation bounced and we couldn't get them to, to make it good. And so they came to me and said, does this look real? And I said, I don't think so. I called Hendrix up in Charlotte and uh, the address that they had given us for the corporate address was a vacant lot somewhere in Tarboro. Uh, so we've eliminated some of this stuff with our new technology. When somebody puts in the company name that they want to be, it automatically checks the rest of our database to say if that name is available. 
Then when we have them put in a physical address, which is required, it automatically links to the post office, which gives us, I don't know, three seconds, four seconds, uh, very quick responses to say, this is a bad address. This is not an address. And so we won't let a person go forward to create on that particular address. So we've got different markers along the way that we can check to see uh, if something is um, bogus or not. Uh, of course, we love them when they give us, you know, bad credit cards or bad bad checks because we never hear any more from them and we're able to dispose of them pretty quickly. Um, people with bad repeated conduct like that that are dancing around on our website in the early mornings trying to figure out something they might do. Uh, we have an algorithm where we don't let them do new things. And if they've, they've danced around for a while and it shows a pattern, we tell them we're unable to um, um, service your activity. Please call us during normal business hours. And you know what? They never call. So we've got some tricks up our sleeves too. And of course, the complicating factor these days, and I say these days, it's been now 20, 25 years, and that's the internet, because uh, right. it uh, gives people access to prospects and information that they've never had before. And that's uh, both good for those who are legitimate and bad for those who aren't uh, legitimate. That's correct. The internet has complicated a lot of our law enforcement. Yep, it's a, a, a very interesting situation. Well, again, uh, if you have doubt about any investment, an investment scheme or a business identity, uh, you can contact Elaine's office. Can I give you uh, another I, telephone number? The main number yeah. is 919-814-5000. That unfortunately okay. gets you into a telephone tree, but it's pretty quick. So 919-814-5000, and we'll direct you to the right department. Well, that's a lot easier than the number I gave. So yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Our guest is Secretary of State Elaine Marshall. We've got one final segment coming up here on Carolina Newsmakers, and we want to take a look at uh, lobbying, ethics, laws, and uh, just sort of a general recap of the other activities that are happening in the Secretary of State's office. And we'll do that when we return right after these messages. Okay, men. This is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're gonna go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. I know you won't because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. 
Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers with our guest, Secretary of State Elaine Marshall. A reminder, if you're listening to the station that carries the half-hour version of this program, uh, you're missing two segments. And if you would like to hear those two segments, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear those two isolated segments, or uh, you can enjoy the entire broadcast or share it with a friend. Lots of people use that. Uh, you may call it a podcast if you'd like, and that's just fine. Our guest, as I said, is Elaine Marshall. She's the uh, North Carolina Secretary of State and has been in that office since 1996. And one of the things I really fully intended to start off the program with was a, a counterfeit operation you did around the THC-laced edibles. Tell us about that. This is interesting and fascinating. Yes, it is, and it's very, very scary. Um, in the latest farm bill, uh, there are certain TCH, that's the hallucinogenic effect of marijuana, a small amount is allowed to be sold in North Carolina. And it's mostly being sold at vape shops, convenience stores, the like, small pop-up shops. Um, what I'm talking about is not the uh, legality of the contents of the, the bags that I'm talking about. A lot of these bags have gummies in them. Um, and these bags that are being sold at these places are branded with Skittles, Cheetos, even Girl Scouts, Lifesavers. We found some Starbucks stuff. Now, these packages clearly have a marijuana leaf on the outside. They also say Delta 8, which I think is the standard that's available here in North Carolina. I'm not saying that they exceed that. What the crime is under my jurisdiction is the fact that they don't have the right to put Cheetos on the outside of the package, the right to put Skittles or Starbucks first or Oreo cookies, they, we had some of those. Um, um, that is the trademark infringement. They don't have permission to use those names. And so to use that to market their product to make their gummy TCH picked rather than somebody else's, you know, that's the illegal thing. We pulled in almost a quarter of a million dollars um, um, in a one week um, bust. And this came about from a training that we had in late September. The federal government had alerted us to these very attractive packages that are attractive to children. You can't buy this product under the age of 21. So here we've got a product that is packaged to look like Skittles, something a kid coming home from school looking for a snack, if it's laying out in the house or if it's in the pocket of the car, might just open the whole thing and consume it. So number one, it's an infringement on the trademark of that company. But worse than that, there is a four-year-old little boy who died in Virginia just this fall from consuming these products and this counterfeit packaging. And his mother's been charged with a type of negligent homicide of some sort. Excessive amounts of the gummies in there uh, are, are, can be fatal to children. So they're packing, it, it's, it's this illegal trademark, but it's also very attractively packaged that kids could just easily open it up and, and consume the insides. 
we had 23 search warrants. We had 30 consent warrants. And those agents that got trained in September, most of them were parents, went home and started walking around looking in these, they visit these vape shops and places periodically. And they saw these things and they asked us for our help and other agencies to put together some raids. And we did that. It was the police departments of High Point, Roxborough, Belmont, Clayton, Gaston County, Jacksonville, Selma, Smithfield, Wake Forest. We had the Wake Sheriff's Office, uh, North Carolina ALE, the Asheville ABC Board, law enforcement folks, the Consumer Brand Association, Homeland Security, and Vondra International. And I'm not even sure who Vondra International is. But whenever we do these things, there's not enough law enforcement resources to go out there individually. We've got to work together. And we figured that out a long time ago. And what we're interested in doing is keeping this product from coming into North Carolina. So we're interested in the people that sell. And so many of these people said, oh, I didn't know it could be packaged to look like Cheetos or packaged to look like M&Ms. You know, now they know we've given them a copy of the law. And these different law enforcement units will be going back to the same places to see if they see the same product in the store or maybe even inquire if they have a same or similar product. In the event that they do, there will be arrest warrants. We also want to know where did these products come from so that we can go work further up the line for whatever um, uh, prosecutions that the companies may want to take against these uh, people that are doing the wrongful packaging. So uh, it's troubling on many fronts, um, the fact that they're so easily available and packaged as if they're marketed to kids bothers me a lot. And so we're trying to get a lot of information out there to the public about what to look for. And, you know, an adult can buy it, an adult can bring it in the home, but be very careful about how you store it. And um, I guess just hope and pray that the TCH amount is not in excess of what would be legal to sell in North Carolina, but we're worried about the packaging and kids uh, on, on this product, this campaign. So I suspect the eyes of uh, consumers might be helpful to you in finding the uh, people who are violating the law in this regard. You're absolutely right. Please call us up and let us know what you see or contact your local law enforcement because a lot of their folks have been through our trainings. We have over 175 officers right now on our task force which is the Secretary of State's office, some federal agencies, and a lot of local government agencies. We have individuals trained to know how to do these cases. We also train uh, prosecutors about how to handle them in court, and we've gotten it in the judge's judicial manual, manual uh, for the pattern jury instructions about um, counterfeit good violations. And it wouldn't be bad, uh, from what you're telling me, to do both, to uh, to identify this to local authorities, but also at the same time to uh, identify it to your office because uh, yeah, uh, yep, a, double, a double identity would be helpful. Right, yes. Well, that's, that's uh, people are always looking for interesting ways. Uh, trademarks, of course, are very important to people like Cheetos and uh, Skittles and these people, and they have worked hard to create a good image and they don't need their uh, product tarnished by someone who's taking advantage of it. That's that's a shame. Yep. Most of our well, uh, most of our businesses are based upon intellectual property, whether it's the software, whether it's the brand name, whether it's the technology you use in your business, Don, 
uh, all of that is intellectual property and somebody created it and has the right to the ownership or the royalties off of it. And these people that are trying to um, copycat it uh, with inferior product, um, you know, that's just just wrong. And it tears away at the basics of the economy, really. Well, that's that's another subject away from the fraud aspect of this. But uh, if uh, a business is business owner is listening, and you do have something that is uh, identified with your business that is trademarkable, it is wise to get it, and they do that through your office. They do at the state level. Now, the federal level is also available, but we can do it faster, cheaper, and, and at least hold your position till you get your federal mark if that's what you choose to do. And so how would they get information on that? SOSNC.gov and hit trademarks. Now, uh, just out of interest, what uh, you might want to tell what the difference is between a trademark and a copyright, because there is a, definitely a difference. Right. A copyright is generally a, a work like a book, a manuscript, a piece of music, uh, that kind of thing. A trademark can be a gimmicky name. It can be a cute cartoony, uh, 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 some image that represents your business that you don't want anybody else to be able to have the name written that way uh, or that cartoon. You know, if you're a pizza parlor, the guy holding the pizza or whatever cupcake image that you want for yours and you can you can you can trademark those and then a patent is totally different a patent is a process uh to make that better mousetrap in essence well and patent law is so interesting because some things that you think can't be patent can't be in some and i'm sure that's the same way with trademarks and that's and, true uh, yeah yeah, it's it's very interesting what uh, separates one thing from another. Uh, well, that's that's uh, good information, and of course, uh, you're a good source for help in that regard. Well, we've got about uh, two minutes yet to go. Uh, is there anything else that's going on in your in your organization that you would like to share with the public? Well, what I'd like to say is this is a time when a lot of families get together and they talk about things like charitable donations and what have you sitting around the family table. One of the topics I would hope that families might begin to talk about are advanced healthcare directives. Now, I know that sounds gruesome and sad to some people, but what to do uh, medically when you don't have a voice of your own. We are the depository and have forms for the advanced uh, medical directory. There's a healthcare power of attorney forum up online, uh, advanced instruction for mental health uh, treatment and the declaration for an anatomical gift or organ donor. Uh, all of those can be filled out and deposited with us. We have the instructions for filling them out. There is a small fee to deposit them for us. The General Assembly never appropriated any money uh, to run the program. So I think the deposit the registration fee is about $10 for each document. You can get it back. Um, I tell folks, you know, please don't make your family make a decision. Uh, folks say, um, you're going to be in the care of a doctor you've never heard of before uh, when these kind of life questions come up. You're not going to be your local doctor talking to everybody in the family they've known forever. And um, I've heard chaplains say at the hospital that the the emotional time of making the decision whether or not to continue life support or not is something that frequently, frequently destroys family that can never be brought back together. One folk, 
one person will say, mama didn't want to live like this. She told me. And the other one will say, I never heard that. And uh, so making your declaration for a natural death, the living will thing is probably the most significant of the different documents. And um, it does solve a lot of problems. It keeps families together. You can't say that your family knows you. All you have to do is think about some of the crazy Christmas gifts you've gotten in the past. Do they really know you? If they thought you enjoyed a Chia pet you know, thing. Uh, so it's a good time to talk about family issues and advanced healthcare directories. Again, SOSNC online, you can look at them. For one or two of them, it's a little bit more complicated um, than just signing your name, but the directions are up there. And uh, we hope that people will look at that and think about having these directives to help your family in a time of crisis. Great. Well, you've timed that timed me out absolutely perfect. It gave me the, enough time to thank Elaine Marshall, our Secretary of State, for being with us. And we'll look forward to having you back on again. And likewise, we will look forward to being back with you again next week, same time, same station, with another guest that Jason Kong has produced for us. Next week. Have a nice week, everybody. Thank you. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.